You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? What's happening? Good evening. Craig Hoffman with you for overtime here on 106.7 The Fan with you until 9 p.m. tonight. Light day of Washington football news. Nothing to talk about. Wizards are opening. MLS, DC United's got a game. Oh, wait, what's that? Washington football is exploding again? Cool, 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 cool. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And we will definitely take plenty of calls tonight at 800-636-1067. I, uh, I don't know even where to start. There is so much happening. And even the story that's apparently not a story... I think should be a story. Washington football, uh, as you just heard Byron in the update, apparently not involved in this potential Deshaun Watson to Miami, which has been rumored forever. Um, but apparently it could be getting done sooner. And there's one Wash era Houston Chronicle reporter reporting that Washington could be involved in receiving two attack of Iloa. Uh, and then everyone in Ashburn's like, no. All the reporters tweeted simultaneously, basically. JP had it. Nikki Jobvilla had it. Standick had it. I'm sure Kime had it. Like They're all like, no, not interested. They're not in it. And I'm like, why? Why not? Part of that is influenced due to the fact that I just uh, spent the last 30 or so minutes because the NFL uh, decided to finally get its act together on the All-22, watching every single throw that Taylor Heineke made through the middle of the third quarter, which is what I got to before I had to uh, crack this here microphone and start talking. And boy, let me tell you, it's not great. So there's that story. There's the Landon Collins story. And then there's the one that clearly everyone's got the strongest opinion on because everybody hates kickers. So let's just, and, you know, I don't say like, let's get that one out of the way because we're going to talk about them all. Like wherever you want to go tonight, like I'm willing to bounce in and out of calls because in part, I, I'm actually genuinely curious when there's this much happening in the middle of the dumpster fire, where everyone's at. Um, it used to be I was in the middle of it when I was on the beat and I'd be like, yeah, this is not really that big of a deal, whatever. But watching it all unfold from the outside and you know talking to some friends of mine that were that are still on the beat in the middle of it but like i'm at the point now where i'm reading the same stuff you are all the only difference i have is like i've been inside it before but i'm not anymore like i don't know the decision makers i don't know what ron's doing outside what he's saying publicly um and that's pretty obvious because like all the people that i used to talk to are gone because everybody's gone and now another one's gone, Dustin Hopkins. 
Um, not that I was talking to Dustin, but like even the players, there's like five of them left from two years ago. And what's actually, I think, important about that is, and this is kind of where I want to start, where all of these stories tie together is, what in the world is this team at this point? They're two and four. They have an odd collection of talent. They have a bunch of coaches that I'm not real sure about. They don't seem to have an identity defensively. And offensively, I kind of understand what they're trying to do. But I've got real questions on the actual process of it. And I don't know how much the answers are quarterback-related versus coach-related. So let's start there, because this is one thing that I, I do feel like I know. Offensively, they have personnel that is supposed to be fast, is box one. Deami Brown, drafted because he's fast. Terry McLaurin, extended, or, or you know featured in the offense, number one, awesome. He's fast as lightning. Uh, Curtis Samuel, brought in because he's dynamic, he's fast, he's also quick. Antonio Gibson, speed and versatility. J.D. McKissick, speed and versatility. Logan Thomas, Ricky Seals-Jones even, versatility and speed for position. I know what they're trying to do there. They're trying to be a modern, spread it out, do a lot of different stuff, mix and match formations, despite the fact that you never quite know what they're going to do with personnel when they break the huddle offense. The problem is their quarterback situation has been a disaster since Scott Turner's been here. And I'm not telling you Scott Turner be Sean McVay or uh, Kyle Shanahan or Matt LaFleur or any of these other guys that are considered the cream of the crop in the league. Uh, Andy Reid, all these guys. I'm not telling you that all of a sudden Scott Turner would turn into that if he had a quarterback. But I am telling you it's really hard to evaluate Scott Turner when you watch the film and the, the thing that's, that are supposed to be the easiest, the throws over the middle of the field, where guys are open for 25 and 30-yard gains, specifically Adam Humphreys, a lot, like three or four times in the first half on Sunday, and Heineke never even looks at him. That when you create, you do the thing that you're getting criticized, and, and we'll play some of what Logan had to say, Logan Paulson had to say, uh, to Grant and Danny earlier, and Logan's got a better feel, of course, for how often this kind of stuff should happen. But like, there are times where he's scheming stuff up. Their shot plays are well designed, and they're there. And Heineke's not making the throws. He was earlier in the year, and how much of that is due to the fact that his right guard and right tackle are out, and he's got no rhythm at all. He has no trust in this line. That or he's just not good at all. Which is also, by the way possible there's too many variables but what it all adds up to is this team's two and four and all they've really done is cut the kicker and I hate that because I understand like I hate it on a personal level for Dustin because he's a great dude and he's done a good job and I hate it from a math level because as much as y'all want to scream at me on Twitter about the math like the math is the math Now, is there other context to the math? Absolutely. The fact that Ron Rivera apparently can't trust Dustin Hopkins is an issue. But I would ask you if Dustin Hopkins is tied for fifth in the NFL in field goal percentage, if that says more about Ron Rivera or Dustin Hopkins. 
Ron says this is his decision. He'll take it. The guy they signed to replace him hasn't kicked in a game since 2016 in college. Yeah, he was great in tryouts, and maybe he'll be good. Maybe this dude is an NFL kicker, and all along, like if he had just gotten some opportunity, he'd be great. He's got a cannon for a leg. But saying he did everything in, in tryouts, like, yeah, there's no rush. There's no timing of snaps, you know, all the, the operation, all that stuff. Game, nevertheless, fans and game pressure. So, if you look around, like, the state of NFL kicking's not great. The Jaguars had made one of five field goals on the season going into Sunday. Then all of a sudden, their kicker miraculously hits 250-plus yarders to tie and win the game because that's what happens sometimes in this league. And if you want to cut Dustin Hopkins, like, I guess fine. Like, it's not indefensible. He, he tops had some misses that are big misses, including the Giants game where he got bailed out when he missed and then he made it. That turns into a game winner. But to cut him, like, uh, here, here's, I guess, where this all comes together. I don't know what this team is. And I realize that we're still relatively early in what is supposed to be a long Ron Rivera era. But I have less of a clue of what this team is than on day one when he took over. And that feels real bad. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems like a lot of people are in the same boat. We're going to talk to Michael Phillips about that, see what he thinks coming up at 7 o'clock. We will hit the Wizards with Mike Prada coming up at 8. Other than that, I just kind of want to take calls and take inventory here. 800-636-1067. We'll start that process with you next. Craig Hoffman on Overtime on the Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, let's go to Jim in Bethesda. Uh, Jim, thanks for calling. You are on the fan. Hey. hey, Craig. I really enjoy your program and your commentary. Thank you. Uh, one thing I, you know, I think one of the biggest problems, not to be Ron Rivera, caller or uh, pundit, but I, I do really believe that every time I hear uh, folks on this station back in August talking about how many wins we're going to have, I, I, I just, it always makes me cringe. And I'm not going to really comment on the def- defense because I think, you know, you're asking yourself what's going on there. I mean, that, that is such a total underperformance on both coaches and and players I, I i don't even know how to analyze it but in the offense I'm, I'm not a big heineke guy but i did watch the game and when you have four your four starters out this past week you've got one of your starters antonio gibson who's injured on and off but is a great warrior and basically you've got one great receiver you've got three quarters of a great or two-fifths of a great uh, tight end. Uh, and then you have McKissick, who's good. But really, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. He's running for his life. Uh, he missed that key, uh, I guess, um, flag in the second series, where if he, if he was a little bit better, it would have been caught. But I, I just think we have to analyze what we've got. We don't have many playmakers. We don't have much of a team on the offense. And honestly, I don't think he's doing really that poorly when you look at it from piece by piece. Jim, thanks for the call. Um, it's really hard because like Heineke's Heineke's hard to evaluate, um, like really hard to evaluate because he's not like, he's not good. That's that I think is at this point, considering the last couple of games, fairly obvious. I think the the like the data is there, and people have seen the restrictions or limitations. Whether it's arm strength, whether it's it's you know missing open receivers, it it's you know I thought Mark Bullock was great with us last week uh, here on overtime. He talked about how sometimes it's not even the arm strength; it's his ball placement. Like the deep shots to McLaren, the one on the first series where he overshoots him, that's bad ball placement. That's a good decision. It's a good throw. He just misses. That's not a bad miss though. Like that happens. There's a, a play later in the first quarter where he tries for McLaren in the end zone. And one, I'm not 100% sure it's the right throw. I think the right throw might have been Deami Brown in the slot because it's against cover two and Brown splits the two defenders. But he really just kind of pulls Terran Matthew, the, who's playing the deep safety on that side, over. Well, then Terran McLaren does a great job of creating this huge window inside of him but outside of Matthew for Heineke to drop a, a ball in the end zone. And Heineke throws it over his outside shoulder, which is where the corner is. Like, he throws it against the leverage. So, you know, again, to, to try to p- display this out on the radio, like, you have sideline, some space, corner, McLaren. And instead of putting the ball inside of McLaren towards the center of the field a little bit more, like, basically up the numbers, he throws it outside towards the sideline. And McLaren tries to bend back and get it, but it's just a bad throw. It's a lack of understanding of where that ball needs to be. And sometimes it's lack of understanding, and sometimes it's just 
you know, we've all thrown a ball before and missed or probably more recently try to throw a piece of trash in the trash can and miss. Like I'm not saying it's, it's easy, but that's the standard for NFL quarterback. But at the same time, he has these long stretches where he's very good. Um, He can make plays with his feet. And that's my biggest criticism of him right now. Like his internal clock is, is just way off. And again, I don't know whether that has to do with Sheriff and Cosby being out maybe, but he sat in the pocket way too long. He's got to be like one, two, out. If it's not there, run. You're great at running. Run. It is a strength. It's not a detriment to him as a quarterback. We're so far beyond that in the analysis phase. Like Taylor Heineke's not going to get cost his career because he's running around. He's going to get cost his career because he doesn't. And that's something that he needs to understand. He, I, his comments today sounded like he did. I, I loved what he had to say today, but he's got to do it. Um, but well, what happens with a lot of quarterbacks, to, to wrap up this thought quickly, and then we'll get to Michael Phillips, is a lot of the quarterbacks that are just not that good, they just check the ball down over time. It's like when they try to be Alex Smith, but they're not as good at it, so they, the ball never moves, and it's three and out. You know, the, ball, the ball's never pushed downfield. And Heineke's not that. He does take the risk. He does make good decisions, but he misses a lot of the stuff that a lot of the other quarterbacks that wind up like raw grading out to his level get that are easy, and they miss the stuff that he gets. It's it's a very weird evaluation. I don't know exactly what to do with him, but like when you don't see the middle of the field very well, that's a huge problem in modern NFL offenses, and it's pretty clear that Heineke doesn't based off the tape. Uh, Craig Hoffman with you here on 106.7 The Fan. You'll hear from Logan Paulson in the next hour. So what he had to say to Grant and Danny was great. want to play that back. Uh, but next, Michael Phillips, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, joins us here on Overtime. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you this evening until 9 p.m. Joining us now on the BetQL guest line from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, it is my good friend, Michael Phillips. Hello, good friend, Michael Phillips. Craig Hoffman, great to be with you on the radio. So, uh, 
Sure, just a nice, light, fun day in Ashford. Miss, miss these, don't I? No. No, I don't. Uh, what's the biggest story I, for you today? Like, what's the one that, that's the top of the sports section tomorrow? Yeah, look, I have to take, uh, I have to apologize for last week, though, because what happened was on Tuesday, uh, we were talking about the Bruce Allen emails, uh, me and, uh, you know, some other reporters in the room, and I said, well, at least this won't be as bad as the last time the Chiefs came here. And, uh, you know, which led to the recounting of that story. That was the empty stadium, the snow game, the Adam Schefter pregame leak. Um, it, it was just an absolute debacle of a day. Um, and, you know, I, I think John Keim and in his infinite wisdom said, you know, well, you never, can never be sure of these things. I said, I mean, there, there's no way this could be as bad as that was. Um, and so now, uh, six days later, you know, seven days later, I, I'm, I'm ready to face the music that, that this is this one's on me. Uh, Michael but, Phillips, you are the VP of Bits, and this bit went too far. This bit went too far. Uh, we went too far, but uh, we were at least talking about football today, so that's a positive. Um, I don't think two is the lead item, uh, Craig. I, I, I just don't think there's anything there enough to – even the speculation I don't think is enough to, to, to drive this train. I know it's a fun thing to talk about, but I think there's got to be a little bit more smoke before we reach that point. I, I'm, You know, it, it's dueling headlines for me on the kicker and Landon Collins. I think they were both very – interesting developments in their own way. Um, you know, certainly it shows me something about Ron. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, we all thought Dustin Hopkins was fully safe. I think we all knew that he was probably on thin ice even coming into the year. Um, but it makes a statement about Ron Rivera's mentality right now, that he, he feels the need to shake things up, make the move at this moment, uh, you know, in, in this particular time. And then with Landon Collins, look, I mean, you had the Instagram post. You had everything, uh, you know, this summer. Was, I'm a safety, I'm a safety, I'm a safety. Uh, and then Ron Rivera's comments say, look, he's a linebacker now. That's where we need him. Uh, and, and Ron said, I had a talk with Landon, and he was very professional about it. Um, so that tells me that, uh, that maybe Landon didn't agree, but uh, he is at least being a team player. So tip of that for that, I guess. Yeah, Landon is very good at being professional when he needs to be. And I mean that as a compliment and uh, also yeah. someone that can look at you and he gives you the look like I'm being professional and I hate this. Uh, and as someone who covered him under, under a previous administration, boy, did uh, did that wind up coming out eventually. So I'm very curious uh, ultimately how how this plays out with him. I think he's he's probably done here after the year. I don't think that's much of a mystery. What does the kicker part say? Because I tell you one thing that that's kind of driven me nuts today is like I don't get the sense that a lot of the people who are just indignant about this watch any other NFL franchise ever they don't understand the state of kicking in the NFL that it's not good and that Dustin Hopkins is above average and by that math uh, it's going to be hard to replace him but uh, it's not like Hopkins was beyond reproach it's not like he's been perfect it's not like this is indefensible what, what do you make of of Ron kind of making him the first domino to fall amongst all of the other problems yeah, I mean, I think he was so mad at Montez Sweat that he cut Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the life of being a kicker in the NFL, right? Like, guy jumps off sides or lines up off sides in a key situation, all of a sudden you're the one looking for a job. He's like, wait a second, this isn't fair at all. Uh, but that's, you know, that's how it is. In Ron's mind, uh, you know, and, and not to suggest that he's wrong, I think it's pretty defensible. That was, that was the key sequence of the game. It's a close game. Hopkins misses the field goal. And, and rewind at one play further, Heineke makes a bad decision on third down. It's third and two, and I think 
I think you go for it on fourth and two, but Heineke throws a pass to Adam Humphreys that loses four yards. You can't go for it on fourth and six. Heineke, and then Hopkins comes in, misses the easy one, 42. You know, that, that's certainly one you'd expect a kicker to make more often than not. Chiefs march down the field. Kendall Fuller makes just, just a terrible play in coverage, gives up a big pass. Then you've got the third and 10. Montez Sweat lines up offsides. They get a free redo. You get the third and five. Chase Young jumps offsides. All of a sudden, you've got a first down. All of a sudden, they've got a touchdown. All of a sudden, this thing is over, and the fans are headed to the exit. So, you know, the only person you can cut in that sequence is the kicker. That's not to say – I mean, there, there were six or seven gaffes in there. I guess you could cut Heineke, too. He's, he's on a, a cheap contract. But you're not going to do that on, on a game week where you need a quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, he takes the fall for that. But, I, I, you know, the stats certainly – don't reflect what happened in that Giants game. I think everybody knows they dodged a massive bullet there. That that if that you know if the Giants player doesn't go off sides, we're we're staring at one and five in a really really bleak situation right now. Uh, but but you know we'll rewind it all the way. Why didn't you bring in competition in training camp? You know it's not like anybody's surprised that this might have been a thing. Uh, you know, they appear to really be caught off guard by it, um, making making a midseason move for a guy who didn't kick with them in training camp. Yeah, that is definitely bizarre. Michael Phillips with us here on the BetQL guest lines over time on the fan. Um, bigger picture question, because at two and four, I've kind of spent the first half hour of the show going, I don't know what they are. And I feel even less sure of anything about this organization than I did when Ron Rivera took over. And that's not how that's supposed to work when someone comes in to reestablish the the culture and set the, the ship straight. Is it just because so many pieces are up in the air right now? Or is, is there a real question that needs to start being asked about the direction of the franchise and uh, specifically really the person, not like the culture. It's obviously there's a lot of stuff that's way better now. That's way more important than football, but keeping it within the lane of football, like how confident are you that things are going the right way and that they're building an actual winning football team? Yeah. I I think the huge problem here is the defense because I I think the offense is explainable. Um, and you start with explaining that, that Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. They, you know, that's the start of your explanation. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and look, this is a building growing unit. Terry McLaurin's a star. Uh, you know, it, I, I guess Brandon Sheriff is a star. Uh, to me, there are no other stars on the offense. Antonio Gibson will be one, but, but he's clearly playing through pain and playing through some injuries right now. So I don't think you can expect him to be at full strength. So I think you're getting about what, you know, a defensible performance from from the offense here that you know you want them to be better of course but I don't think you can reasonably be mad at them for not being better like you can't be mad at Taylor Heineke for not having arm strength like he's he's Taylor Heineke that's that's who he is uh but on the defense on the other hand like they were talking a really good game this offseason uh, you know, I, one, of the, one of their favorite games, of course, when they're struggling is, oh, you know, the, the media, that's putting expectations on us. And, you know, is it you know, unfair preseason talk from the media? Like, let's call this what it was. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, a whole bunch of them told us about how they were going to be a top five defense this year and how they wanted to be a best defense in football this year. And I think that was, you know, not to suggest being the top defense in football is fair, but it was fair to expect another step forward from these guys because they are loaded. There's four first-round draft picks on that line. There's you know a lot of money invested in that unit. William Jackson is a guy who has paid a lot of money, who has not performed a lot, 
you know, the step back on defense is really concerning because that was supposed to be a real strength of this team. And the thing we looked at and said, ah, they are building to something. Here is the proof of it. Right. And that's that's kind of what I don't understand either on the personnel side. It's like, what is the personnel that they're after? Like, what is the identity of this defense supposed to be? And I think part of that confusion is Rivera has this distinct style that he plays in Carolina. Uh, and then he brings in Jack Del Rio, and he's like, no, that guy's in charge. And Del Rio's style's a little bit different. And then you're not really sure which one you're looking for. Is it the head coach's style? Is it the, the defensive coordinator style? Is it a melding of the two? So what, like, if it works, if, if they can figure this out, it in part will be because they, they discover some identity, some rallying point, some something. Like, what does that look like? What is the goal here? You know, it... it they need they need to answer that question. I'm not the guy who's going to give you the answer to that question. I'm, I'm just a guy. Dang on it, radio Michael! Note. You're the only one I could get on the phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a guy on the radio noting that yeah, that question. That, that, yeah, they 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 went to five linemen the other week and and you know five defensive linemen. I, I think the results were better, but you should be able to win with the four you have. I, you know, I, and I was skeptical that people, Oh, you know, they need to blitz more. Oh, they need to scheme more or whatever. Like, I don't know. I think when you have four first round draft picks together, you do that. So you don't have to scheme and you don't have to blitz, um, you know, not to suggest you should never blitz, but, but, you know, you count on those guys to win their matchups. And I do think the interior guys are playing really well. I think Allen and Payne are playing or have an excellent seasons. Um, but you know, what, what are they at linebacker? That right now they're a first round pick who, who's not good enough to play over a converted safety. Um, you know, that, that, that's what we're staring at right now at linebacker. That's not great. And, and there are some big fundamental questions that need to be asked. Like, I, I think Jack Del Rio finished the season, but I, I think you need to look long and hard and say, you know, who, who's the leader next year? What's the approach we have? And what do we need to do to shake this thing up? If things, we wrap up with Michael Phillips here on 106.7 The Fan, if things continue to not go well, which, surprise, you get to play Aaron Rodgers this weekend if you're them. Uh, If things continue to not go well, they give up 30 again. And and Ron Rivera's already said, maybe I need to change some things. Like, what's, besides cutting the kicker, what's next? You know, I I think you're out of moves that you can make that are low impact moves. I think, you know, you move into your desperation moves next where you say, Hey, look, we're going to start Jamin Davis. He's going to take every snap. We're going to take some lumps, but we're full on rebuild. Now last year, there was the divisional thing this year. There is not the Cowboys are going to win the division. Everybody sees that there is no plausible way in my mind, this team catches the Dallas Cowboys between now and the end of the year, barring some sort of just massive meltdown in Dallas. I mean, they, they've, they've got an insurmountable lead at this point. But what that frees you up to do is Ron Rivera, a guy who will be coaching this team next year. He's got that stability. He, he will get year three in Washington, of course. That's, you know, that's not a newsflash to anybody. You know, it allows him to say, hey, look, we are going to try different approaches. We're going to try different people. We are going to play Jamin Davis every snap. We're going to play Cam Curl every snap. We're going to bring up uh, Jeremy Reeves and see, you know, see what he's got that you know, it's a little bit like that, that, you know, September baseball thing where the call-ups are, are playing and, and, you know, maybe it's a little bit tough to watch, but it's, it's a necessary part of the growth and development. You need to learn some things about who you've got and the way it is. 
the one question you're not going to be able to answer is, is who the quarterback is. That's the most important thing you got to figure out. That's your off-season job. You know, you start watching film now because your off-season job is to figure out who the quarterback is. He's not on this roster. We all see that. And then, you know, it's not – one of the reasons Ron took this job was it's not an insurmountable task. There, there is talent on this football team. Like, if you just look at the guys and what they're capable of, this is not like a Houston situation where, where the cupboard's fully bare. There is talent here. Uh, it's just not being utilized. It's not coming together. That's what you've got to figure out down the stretch here. And, you know, by the way, as, as a defense, look – there should not be excuses of, oh, we played good teams this year. You said you were going to be a top-five defense. That means against top-five teams, you play well. You know, the, the offense gets that excuse. So Taylor Heineke loses to the Bills' defense. Like, well, shoot, he's Taylor Heineke. They're the Buffalo Bills. When Chase Young loses to name your, name your star offensive lineman, it's, oh, shoot, like maybe he shouldn't have been the second overall pick. That's not totally fair, of course. You know, he, he's done some good things. But you're expecting a level of impact we haven't seen this year. Yeah, uh, they got man, they got a lot of issues. Uh, let's take uh, <laughs> it next. We'll take Michael's premise there of like what a rebuild looks like. Uh, we'll do that with callers. You, sir, are free to go and hunt for more answers or play with your children because it probably is a lot more joyous. <laughs> I'm on it. All right, see ya, uh, Michael Phillips on the BetQL guest line. Make sure you read his stuff in the Richmond Times Dispatch. Support that very fine news and sports outfit. Michael is in charge of their sports department. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well at Michael P R T D. Still to come, top of the next hour, Mike Prada on the Wizards. Their season starts in about fifteen minutes. Uh, in Toronto as the Raptors are back in Canada after their season in Tampa last year. But next, you know, Michael just talked about if, it's, if it, they get crushed this weekend, which is very, very possible. Um, what does this Washington football rebuild look like? That's next on The Fan. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you, just joined by Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, who responded to my question about what happens next if the losses continue to pile up by saying, well, it frees you up to do some things. Rebuild. Uh, the question is, how do you rebuild on the fly? What are you looking to get out of that? Because that is a very different question than the one that we thought we'd be answering this season. I think it's important to point out that there was a lot of extra wiggle room built into this season. And still, I, I mean, still is. What if they go to Green Bay and upset the Packers? Like, this team does weird stuff like that. Because uh, the NFL has weird stuff like that. That happens all the time. Teams win games they're not supposed to, salvage their season, stay within striking distance, and all of a sudden they get hot and bang, they're in the playoffs. And it's like, no one would have ever thought. It's like, yeah, no one would have ever thought because they were watching it and they were terrible. But what if this defense figures some things out? What if Jamin Davis, who has been pretty solid in coverage over the last couple of weeks, continues to grow in the run game? It's getting better. What if he continues to get better? What if this switch for Landon Collins, fully embracing it and not having some of the guessing game is better for this team? What if they do plug in a DeShazer Everett or a Jeremy Reeves in the back end and some of the tackling shures up? Uh, like there, there are buttons still to be pressed. Like Ron Rivera's got to press them. And I do wonder if you'll see any of those ones that I just talked about this week. Uh, obviously, a lot of those were just performance improvements. But like, do you see a Reeves or an Everett coming in at safety? Um, do you see some different things offensively this week? 
you'd certainly hope so because obviously what you saw last week didn't work very well. Gave up 31, only scored 13. That ain't going to work. So what does the rebuild look like? Like, what are you trying to get out of it, though, if if the losses continue to pile up and you get to this bye week in a couple of weeks at 2-6 and six or 3-5 and five even? You split the next two. Um, now, it's a different story if you get there at 4-4, four and four, but what if, uh, even with, with the back end of the schedule being so heavy in the division, uh, let's go to Tony in D.C. Uh, to get this conversation started. Tony, thanks for calling. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, I just Good. wanted to say uh, from the very beginning, Ron Rivera said he was coming in and he was going to try to get the uh, the organization to buy into the way he wanted to do things. So that 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 right there should tell everybody that he, he's got his own techniques and stuff like that, that he's trying to force the D-line to take in and adopt. But it's hard for them to adopt it because of their natural abilities. And I just think he should let everybody play the way they play. And I guarantee you see a change, man. Uh, thanks for the call. That's not how football works. <laughs> I'm sorry to just be blunt, but like that's not really how football works. Like Guys got to play together. What happened in the first couple of weeks of the season is all these dudes were freelancing, trying to do what they do. And that means Chase Young's going outside. Well, John Allen's trying to, to hold inside and there's a big old gap and a quarterback runs out. There's a giant window to throw through. Like they have to play together. Um, you know, I think there's questions that should be asked of the D line coach. I think there's questions that should be asked of what Jack Del Rio has tried to do. But at the end of the day, like you start to look at some of the stuff schematically on defense and they've, they've brought some pressure, a lot of five man stuff and whether it's those five defensive linemen together, which they did a couple weeks ago to a little bit more success, or they got four guys plus a linebacker or safety blitzing, these guys got to win one-on-one more. And they got to they gotta play off each other better. And, and it's gotten a lot better the last two weeks. Like, let's be really clear about that. There has been pressure. There's been turnovers forced. Like, they've done some things the last two weeks. But the back end has been so bad, it doesn't matter. Like, Collins is not good in coverage, which I, I think is fairly obvious and we've known. He's probably better than some people will give him credit for, but like, he's not good, and he's given up big chunks consistently. McCain's been all over the place. William Jackson, like, they have even started to put him in the positions that he wants to be in, and he's he's losing. You know, he wants to get up and press and, and use his hands, and he gets beat on a play for a touchdown this past weekend where he's one-on-one with their number two wide receiver so that you can have your safety on the other side helping over Tyreek Hill, and he whiffs at the line of scrimmage. Like, that's just not good enough for a dude that you expect to be your number one corner. And so, yeah, they they it can't just be like, hey, these dudes are so talented that, that Ron's trying to box them in. One, Ron's not really coaching that much, that that specific. He's not out there coaching technique. Um, but there are rules you have to follow on defense because always remember in football, offensively or defensively, you are better with 11 doing something committed to an inferior plan than 10 committed to the best scheme that's ever existed and one guy mucking it up. Uh, we'll take more of your calls when we get back. 800-636-1067 solutions thoughts and what does a potential rebuild even look like for this team don't forget we got mike prada at eight as well it's overtime on the fan craig hoffman with you on 106.7 the fan this washington losing streak continues to grow what does the rest of the season look like that's just one of the questions we're answering at 
1067, the Gambit DC listener lines. We will keep you up to date on the Wizards, who tipped off just moments ago, I believe, in Toronto. They're scheduled for 730. I don't have the game on in the background. I should. I can do that. I will flip on the game. That way I can give you real live updates here on the fan. We are uh, proud to have the play-by-play in the family, though. If you're looking for the game, it is over on the Team 980, so that's an exciting development. Uh, I know that Tommy Shepard was on with Russell Medhurst over there today, uh, and I'm sure he'll be on our station as well as the season goes. But back to Washington football at 800-636-1067. Let's go to Vic and Akakik. Vic, thanks for calling. Always good to talk to you here on the fan. What's up, Craig? What's up, man? What you got? Um, So, for the for the, I'm not going to really call it a rebuild. I just think the mindset needs to change of the fact that they were still building from last year. This team was 7-9, and if the Eagles don't pull Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter, we lose to them last year, and we don't make the playoffs. We'd be very plain about that. Um, the defense was very talented, very promising, but they weren't great. They weren't world beaters. They still were a very undisciplined at times. Uh, uh, we still gave up a lot of yards in the back half or the back seven of the defense. It was not like we were already a top-tier defense in the NFL. We were headed that way. What I think was Ron, was, as Ron is saying in articles and, and, and in different publications, I need to do things differently. I need, I need to have a different approach. I think Ron needs to accept the fact that we are still building and you need to still rule this ship with a dealing with men, building with men, building with you know, young, vibrant talent, ironclad fists, though. Um, I don't think it needs to be this laissez-faire Well, he said something last year about well, you, the players got to live with the fact that, you know, Jack Del Rio is a big name and Ron Rivera is a big name. That's for all that. That means it has nothing to do with anything from has to has, sideline to sideline, Sunday to Sunday, period. It matters if your mindset is dialed in to one game at a time, the little things, the technique, the fundamentals, the winning mindset that you have to have as a team every weekend. And that's what I think they're getting away from. You see, the body language sucks on with us, what's with us right now. The effort sucks with us right, right now. We look confused. We don't look intentional um, from the players to the coaches. And you can see how the coaches are feeling or the lack thereof or what they're presenting and what they're not holding people accountable to because of how the players are playing. You can see the frustration from the players when they're trying to give all the effort, but they're in the wrong positions and, and, and presenting the wrong technique or the wrong fundamentals, and it's not working. You saw it last week with William Jackson. He made that, tried to make that jam at the line with such conviction, but he lunged. And he walked, you see him walking back to the sideline, mad and angry at himself, but that happens when you're doing things the wrong way and you're doing things the wrong way with the habit. So I just think Ron needs to accept the fact that we're not there yet and we weren't there yet, and I think he needs to get guys like Chase Young and guys like uh, 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 Holcomb, and guys like uh, 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 Gibson, and guys like McLaurin, they're supposed to be the leaders on the team that say, hey, guys, let's reel it back in. We're still laying the bricks down. We're still building the brick and mortar. I think, but, Vic, I think what, did, what on earth? That's so many words. What on earth does any of that mean? So let me clarify for you, Craig, since you, you, you keep saying, making condescending, having condescending questions about what I say every week. They need to accept the fact that we're not winners yet. We're still learning how to win. But, like, how does that translate to anything on the field? How does that translate hash to hash, side by side by side? I just said fundamentals. I said fundamentals. I said technique. I said attention to detail. And we need to simplify the defense to do that and stop expecting that these players are world beaters right now and allow them to feel that way. I just said that, Craig. 
It's not correct. You're not the only one to know football on the radio, Frank. I know what I'm talking about when I talk football. All right, that's, talking, that's good. Thanks about. for your call. Um, man, that's a lot of words to say. Like, the, the point that eventually got made, like, sure. But I don't think that has anything to do with guys, like, guys don't walk out on the field thinking they're awesome in the NFL. They know how hard the league is. They have respect for their opponents because it's the same dudes they've been playing against since college for a lot of them. Like, do you think Landon Collins walks out on the field on Sunday being like, Patrick Mahomes, that guy, easy. Like, they watch the tape. Other dudes get paid too. William Jackson missed uh, because he's a human being who missed. He can't miss that. That's what he's getting paid to do. You criticize, okay. But like the idea that, you know, he, he oh, he's got bad technique, whatever, like tension to detail. Like sometimes dudes just miss. And because they're trying to guard a guy that's really fast and really quick. And he makes a good move off the line. Sometimes throws miss. Like all this stuff. It's just the consistency over time. I don't think that's affected by expectations. I don't think guys are not paying attention because they think that they're kings, that they're ma- they got it made. I think if anybody needs to ex- adjust expectations, it sounds like Vic already has, to his credit, through all of the words. It, it sounds like the fans and the analysts who came into this year being like, this team's going to be awesome. This team's going to challenge in the NFC. They're going to run away with the division. Like, that's who needs to adjust expectations. And my question is, what does the actual internal, like, yeah, okay, they're not good. Good. Expectations adjusted. But then, internally, the question is, what does this team actually look like the rest of the season if they go into rebuild? Who are players that you are actually interested in seeing? Who are the ones that maybe, like, do you just cut Landon Collins? You move on from him after the season anyway. You're paying him either way. You're just like, hey, man, we need to get other guys snaps. We're going to give you the opportunity to go catch on with another team. We're this Like, if we were co- competing, we'd keep you. But at the end of the day, we know you're not in our future. So go to somewhere else where you can play safety or linebacker, whatever they want you to do, but you're free to go. That's the kind of question I'm, I'm interested in. Because those are the decisions that need to be made after the bye week if they're 2-6. and Ron Rivera needs to look at his coaching staff and be like, who's going to be here? Is there someone that is a better fit on the market right now to come in and shape Chase Young and Montez Sweat and John Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle that can get more out of them not only this year but moving forward? These are the kinds of things that I am curious about. Not hyperbolic, faux-analytical nonsense about mindset. These dudes are pros. They, they try really hard because it's their job. And so the idea that they're out there just, I don't know. I don't even know what some, some people think that they do week in and week out. Could they put more time in, in outside of the facility? Maybe, some of them. But some of them put in a lot of time and they're just not that good. And they still screw up the same stuff. 
Some of that's coaching. Some of that is the coach is not directing them to the right things to watch. Spending a lot of time, effort is not inherently going to lead to success. And I think that's the other huge misconception. Aaron Rodgers could watch no film this week and be awesome on Sunday. That's not he's not going to be his best, but he also has 15 years in the league or 17 years in the league of knowing what to watch, whatever it is. 13 something. I don't know. He's 37. Maybe he's 38. He's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing. His process, pretty good. Brady, encyclopedia. Some of these dudes watch a ton of tape and they have no idea what they're looking at. So it's not just effort. It's not just coaching. It's not just technique. It's all of it. That's how you get to be two and four. And there's a lack of cohesion, specifically defensively. There are real limitations offensively, starting, as Michael said, at quarterback. But the lack of cohesion and the amount of holes that need to be plugged defensively, considering the talent, considering the experience, and considering the coaching, is the one that doesn't make any sense to me. 800-636-1067 is the number. We'll continue to take your calls next, and then uh, we get to Mike Prada coming up at 8 o'clock on all things NBA. Well, really, all things Wizards. We'll stick with the local team as they tip off in Toronto tonight. It's overtime on the fan. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Mike Prada coming up at the top of the hour. Dude knows more about the Wizards than anyone. Who knows? Who knows what kind of references Mike can make back to old teams, the olden times. He, he did find, uh, or was the, the founder of Bullets Forever. So, you know, got context, got history, and he's got insight. He's also in the middle of writing a book on the X's and O's of the NBA, which is pretty cool. So um, always love the insight that we get from Mike, and he's going to join us uh, probably, if we're being frank, all season long on overtime. But uh, he will specifically uh, join us coming up in just a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, take a more of your calls. 800-636-1067 is the phone number. Uh, I just got a good tweet as well. And this is this is certainly a thought. Uh, John tweets in uh can we trade collins a few others uh so at least we get something back maybe help slow down this dumpster fire um so the nfl trade deadline is november 2nd i believe um which is coming up in where's my calendar that's uh two weeks from tuesday so today is october the 20th you have next tuesday the 26th and then the following tuesday is the trade deadline. And of course, that's in the news today because of the potential for a Deshaun Watson deal uh, to Miami, which for about 15 minutes seemed to involve Washington and two attack of Iloa. I do want to circle back to that in the next hour. I, I do. I do. But the problem with trading a guy like Landon Collins is what are you going to get for him at this point? He's a rental, massive contract. But if you're a playoff team that needs a hybrid guy uh, who can come down and, and be a great run support player and you think he fits your scheme really well, then maybe. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely a chance that he could um, get traded for a late-round pick. But I, I think that... You know, you'd like, oh, Landon Collins, star player. He's not good for us, but he'll still get a second-round pick. And that's just not 
that's not um, where we're at with him at this point. Like you're looking at a sixth or a seventh, maybe a conditional seventh uh, that can, you know, if, if he starts a playoff game, he, you go up to fifth or something like that. Like who knows how creative you get, but like, is it completely, uh, you know, not feasible that, uh, the guy who drafted him as a defensive coordinator, I believe, in uh, New York, was Steve Spagnola, who is now the defensive coordinator in Kansas City. Certainly a competitor. And they literally just moved one of their safeties down into the box as a linebacker uh, in Daniel Sorensen. So if Sorensen were to get hurt, obviously, knock on wood, that he does not, not wishing that on anybody, um, or they just think Collins is an upgrade and they can get him for a sixth-round pick, Maybe that's a deal that that goes out there. Um, are there other pieces potentially that Washington could trade? And, and if they think that they needed to move on from someone or create uh, opportunity for someone else, probably not because the NFL just doesn't really trade like that. And there's not anybody like in order to have someone to trade in order to make trades in any league, you have to have the combination of wanting to give someone up and that player being good. And typically those two things don't jive. And typically the third factor in that is a contract that makes it appealing for you to trade them because you're not good. You don't want, and this obviously was true forever in baseball before a lot of NBA teams started to trade expiring contracts. And I think in the NFL, we've seen it a little bit more of late that if a player's on an expiring deal, which for all intents and purposes, Collins is, um, they can cut him almost without penalty after this year. And so could any other team as, as far as I know, unless there's some weird trade kicker in the contract uh, that I'm unaware of, but trading, trading expiring contracts. Um, I don't think Washington has anybody that's that good that they would, they would want to move on from. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the crappy part about that, but it's, it's a good question. And Collins is certainly the candidate that is most likely if there's a very specific team that has a need for that kind of player, yada, 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 yada. So one of the really frustrating things to me about the potential for this team to be in a rebuild mode is they don't have anything at quarterback if they're in rebuild. Like if Heineke's good, they are going to probably be in contention maybe for a wild card spot uh they'll bring it back maybe even you know at the end of the year again i think dallas is pretty good but it's the nfl things change quickly and also you have all those those uh a you have two games against dallas still left on the schedule and b you have a five straight division division games to close the year to make up ground uh, against two teams that we think are going to be continue to be terrible uh in philly and in new york so you're in this weird spot where you want to like give guys opportunities, but some of that runs through on offense anyway, runs through quarterback. And do you really want to give Antonio Gibson a bunch of run or Terry McLaurin a bunch of run and get hits and, and miles on the legs of young guys who are going to be a part of your future that have gotten banged up at the end of, or in the middle of in Gibson's case, the years uh, that they've been in the league, Terry, his rookie year is just concussion, which stunk at the end. Um, but you know, it's, it's, there, there's no one on this roster that I think is like a budding star that you're that excited to take a look at. Could you look at Jeremy Reeves? Could you look at, you know, as a safety? Sure. 
But Reeves has been around for a hot second. And if he was killing it in practice every day, he'd probably be playing by now. They wouldn't have signed Bobby McCain. You know, do you continue to get reps and things for Cam Curl, but like that's going to happen anyway. Um, it's just you're kind of acknowledging that the stakes are not as high. Maybe you do some things with him. You put him in some situations that you otherwise wouldn't put him in to get him that experience and see how it goes. Um, offensively, you could certainly play Deami Brown a lot more in terms of getting him in situations, giving him opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise give him. Maybe a guy like Candy Golden, you know, stays up on the practice squad. Guys like Dax Milne, and you really figure out what those guys have. But again, that's so reliant in so many ways on quarterback that not having one is is a real question. And also, you know, you you potentially make the switch to Kyle Allen because even though you know he's not it either, at least you're pretty sure he operates the offense potentially in a more traditional way that gives you a better look at some of the other guys. Like, and that, and that's, you know, that's the, the tough part about this too, is what if you keep, and this is another hypothetical to keep bouncing around on the hypotheticals of this rebuild that I've now, you know, dove into full bore, uh, even though they could win on Sunday and be within one game of 500. Sure. But, with Heineke, if he is good towards the end of the year, what does that mean for you moving forward? Do you bring him back as a backup? Do, are, are you actually going to let him compete for a starter's job? Because on one hand, I've seen a lot from Taylor Heineke that gives me big, big worries. And Taylor Heineke is also older. It's not like he's 23. He's not your quarterback of the future for a lot of different reasons. But if he's good towards the end of the year, there's certainly going to be the argument to be made that, well, he got the opportunity, he got better, he's only started X amount career games by that point of the season. It's seven now. He's got another you know eight, nine to go this year. That, oh, now he's got a full season under his belt. What could he do now that he's got the experience and if he's showing growth? And this is how you get on that quarterback carousel. And this is kind of what I want to talk about later with Tua is acquiring someone with a much higher ceiling who's much younger in Tua Tagovailoa worth it just to see how he grows in your system over the next nine weeks. And if he's good, great. And if he's not, then you're not have to commit to him long term. You got nothing on quarterback after this year. No money spent. Heineke's got a deal you can move on from if it's even got a second year. I think it was only a one-year deal. Allen's, uh, I believe, expiring. And Fitzpatrick was a one-year deal. So why not? And if your worst case is that Tua becomes your backup because he loses a quarterback competition to a rookie or you get a better vet, then so be it. But like that's kind of the same boat you're in with Heineke right now. Is the best thing that happens is he plays well enough that you bring someone in to compete with him next year. And that's kind of the the bad part of this rebuild is, you know, if you're the Jets and you're mid-rebuild, at least you got the quarterback that you can give the experience to and you hope that he uh, he grows moving forward. You're these other teams, like Washington, like Houston. Houston's obviously in a very weird spot. I... I don't know what you're doing with the rest of the season. You just go play the games and hope hope to discover some gems along the way and get some young guys some experience and hope that they don't get hurt. 
Craig Hoffman with you on the fan. Man, that was depressing. I didn't like that either. Uh, let's talk about a team that's, that's got a little hope. It could be a fun team this year. Washington Wizards. Mike Prada joins us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.